Hi everyone, my name is Jasmine Naomi and I'm your host. Here on Solely Human, I explore reflections I have as a social worker and as a human that's healing and growing. Currently, I work as a clinical therapist for foster youth and while constantly growing as a clinician, I'm also constantly learning about myself. And I'm finding that there are different levels to knowing ourselves which translates into how we treat others. So, even though we're all on different journeys, we're all solely human and are worthy, without trying, of love, empathy, and patience. And all the other things. So here, on Solely Human, we talk about these connections within ourselves and with others. So everyone, I'm really excited because this is my first guest on the Solely Human podcast. And I figured, you know, why would I have anyone other than my little sister be the first feature on here? So I have Roshan Leilani with me here on the episode. That's where you say hi. Hi, guys. Sorry, I'm not used to this, but it's good to be here. I'm glad I'm here and... Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, we're like cracking up at this whole process because she's like, my social anxiety is kicking in and I'm like, well, so is mine, but it's just us here (laughs) together. (laughs) So um, the reason I brought my little sister on is because uh, she, when were you diagnosed? I was officially officially diagnosed a year ago. Okay. So a year ago, she was officially diagnosed Uh, with endometriosis and so I wanted to hold a space for her to speak a little bit on her experience with the healthcare system in regards to her endometriosis and also how that kind of ties into her mental health. So, I don't know, Roshan, if you want to talk a little bit about when you were kind of like something feels wrong and when you tried to look into that. Yeah, so I was about, I want to say 12 or 13 when I started my period. Um, It wasn't too crazy. Um, It felt normal at first. But then I realized it was really painful, and my friends weren't experiencing the same pain. Everyone had cramps, but I just feel like I I kept missing school, especially the first year, um, because I just was not used to the pain. Um, And our dad would actually take me to the doctor, and they would just say, oh, it's just period pain, um, and then probably give me some ibuprofen or something. Um... But that just kept happening, and I I realized that being in pain where I can't even get up for, like, two days straight each time I got my period probably wasn't normal. That's when I realized I would say something was, was wrong. So then this has been, like, since junior high. Yeah. Okay. So quick side note. I don't know if you want to tell everyone where you're at right now, what you're doing right now, because I think, well, I mean you're going to go into a position where you're able to help people that are kind of might be experiencing the same thing, but tell everybody what you're doing right now. What occupies most of your time? Um, I am in nursing school currently. 
um, while also working as a PCA. Um, and I do plan on going in the OB field um, or labor and delivery field um, because of my experience, for sure. How far are you into your program? Halfway, so one more year, All if right. I survive, but one we're one day at a time. <laughs> really, though. Okay, so so junior high, that was then how many years ago? Let's see, I'm 21 now, so that's almost, almost 10, 10 years. years, yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at 12-ish... Feeling like something was wrong and then kind of just being told that this is normal and it's actually a part of your period. That kind of sounds like gaslighting to me, but I mean, how did that feel for you and how long did that go on before maybe someone kind of took you seriously? Yeah, um, I would say because I was a kid and everyone, especially the professionals, were telling me it was just my period, I just thought that I was weak and that I just couldn't handle the pain. Um, but that that was all that it was. So um, I went along with it for a while. It wasn't until I would say um, probably like my junior year of high school that I did my own research and realized maybe it's something else. Um Again, though, doctors kept telling me that it was just my period. So I ignored it. And then um, I originally was supposed to go out of state for college. Um, When I went out there, I had something else going on, um, some other kinds of pains. And I went to the ER and I had like a blockage in my intestines. But when they did the CT scan... They also let me know, oh, by the way, you have a cyst on your ovary. Um, But they were like, that's not what you're here for. We're not going to treat it. Um, Just so you know, you have it. Uh, Because of all the health stuff going on and it affecting my mental health, I ended up coming back home. I was only there for like two weeks. But uh, when I came back home, again, monthly, I was having extreme pain. Um, One day, I was in, like, the worst pain possible. And I remember, I think you were home, and I was going to ask you to take me to the ER. But I had a doctor's appointment online that oh, same day for yes, something Yes, 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 I remember. You yeah. talked to me in the morning, and the appointment was, like, at 1 or 2 or something. Yeah, like so I was like, you know what? Let me just wait and see what the doctor says. And, oh, my goodness, this makes me so mad. So I told him, and I was like, hey... I feel like I'm experiencing symptoms of a cyst bursting. Yeah, (laughs) that's like all I said. And I was like, do I go in? And he's like, oh, I don't see history of a cyst on you. And I'm like, yes, because I was out of state and I went to a different hospital where they diagnosed it. That's why it's not in my chart. And he was like, you know, like a cyst rupturing at your age. No, I don't think I don't. You're I think you're going to start your period soon. Um, and first wow. of all, a male doctor telling me, right. oh, you're going to start your period did not sit right with me. But right. again, I was told that, you know, it wasn't that serious. So I would have felt stupid going into the ER. So I didn't. Um, and, but that's when I realized, you know what? I know 
I, I'm the only one who knows I have a cyst, so there is something going on. Um, anyway, I started school out here about a month later because it starts later than the school I was at originally. And I remember I was driving to one of my classes and I, again, got a super sharp pain in my side and I had to pull over. I felt like passing out. And I called our dad and I dropped my car off where I left it and he took me to the ER and they gave me IV pain medications and they did a transvaginal ultrasound and saw a lot of free fluid in my pelvis and um, diagnosed it as a ruptured cyst. So now all of a sudden, you know, um, now it's a ruptured cyst. Yeah. Um, How long? Wait, how long was this after that doctor's appointment? Probably like two months. Yeah. So it was happening about every, around the time I would get my period is when cysts would rupture. Mm -hmm. Um, And it started happening frequently. And that's when I started doing my own research. Uh, At this point, I was pre-nursing major. So um, I was looking at all different kinds of diseases. Um, So really quick, for those of us that are not that do not know uh, anything about endometriosis. What does it have to do, like, why do the cysts rupture around your period? Why is that? Um, Because around your period, with ovulation, um, an egg is supposed to be basically, like, dropped Mm -hmm. or forming. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, instead of the egg forming or, like, implanting, I guess, um, a cyst can implant. It's really weird. Um, and at the time I was thinking of it being, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I have not. Um, it's really common as well. Oh, okay. Um, but that's what you think when you think of ovarian cysts, except with that, they don't rupture often. Um, but endometriosis itself is when the lining of your uterus grows in other places that aren't your uterus. Okay. So the lining of your uterus sheds monthly on your period. That same lining is shedding, but in other places. So you're bleeding in other places and, Uh, and blood is kind of irritating the area around it. And that's why it's so painful. Okay. Um, so yeah, then I started realizing something was wrong Um, And I came about endometriosis. I was reading about it. And I realized I was having a lot of the same symptoms. Um, I told our dad, God bless his heart. (laughs) I was like, I think I have endometriosis. And he's like, you don't have endometriosis. That's really painful. (laughs) Damn. And I'm like, I know it's painful. I've been going through it. He's like, yeah, but it's super painful. You're um, like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm aware. Damn. Um, love him to death, but I think, I don't know what was going, yeah. What do you think, <laughs> why do you think that was his response? I don't know. I don't know if he just thinks nothing can touch me because um, he's always had that personality. He thinks I'm, I'm dramatic, which I think I was a little bit dramatic growing up, but when it comes to my health, I don't mess around. Um, why do you think you're the social worker? Well, well, I mean, I mean, you and I have talked, uh, the beauty of having siblings is that you can understand 
you have the opportunity to talk on shared experiences as a result of like, you know, having the same parents. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, based on our conversations, it kind of seems like at times dad and mom, although unconditional love for you and, uh, yeah, although unconditional love for you and wanting to keep you safe, that sometimes they might even gaslight your experience, you know, and saying things like that. You're being dramatic or mm-hmm. um, I don't know. What are other things? What's another thing they might say that seems like they're kind of um, diminishing or minimizing your experience? I don't. I mean, even when I got diagnosed with it and went under the knife, he was still like, did they find anything? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love him to death, you guys. Just for those who are listening. You know. Right, right. He's we a- all know parents love us. It doesn't mean that, you know, they always communicate well with us. I don't know. Maybe because culturally for him, maybe to like admit you're in pain or to address any type of pain you might have could be seen as weak or. Maybe because he's your dad, the idea of you experience something so painful is just like too hard for him to process because you're his kid and he doesn't want you to experience mm-hmm. any pain. And so um, for him to kind of think past that and understand that that's what you're feeling frequently, you know, uh, that's just too hard for him. I think it could be both and probably more. But I think that ultimately if... Um, you guys didn't know our dad is from Iran and our mom is from Mexico. So dad came here as a teenager, but you know, culture, there's, lo- there's a lot of differences and that might just be how he views life. If he's uncomfortable, I mean, it kind of speaks to when he's sick, right? If he's uncomfortable. I was just going to say, I will say that he, I think he's, he doesn't like being a, a label on anything. Mm. He thinks that if I don't get seen for something, Mm -hmm. then I'm okay. Mm -hmm. If I don't get diagnosed with something, then I'm okay. He's Mm -hmm. always been scared of the doctors. Mm -hmm. He gets really high blood pressure. He has, um, I think it's called like blue coat syndrome, where you see a doctor and his his blood pressure shoots up. So they always think he has hypertension, but he doesn't. Uh. Um, So even when he's sick, I remember once he was like really, really sick. Um, He had very bad vertigo. And I had to basically drag him out of the house and take him in. Um, and sure enough, they made him feel better. But I think he's always scared of them finding something. That's just a fear of his. Mm. So I think that's the same with me where I thought I had something and he's just scared of them finding something else. So that's why he never really wanted to take me to the doctor about it. But, you know, we all have our own fears. One of those <laughs> things where, like, if you don't, what's that phrase? If If you don't see it, it's not there i don't know about you but i have this ongoing thing i don't anyway it's like a thing i don't remember sayings Say, if if it's if it's not broke don't fix it <laughs> that's not it no i'm if, definitely broke <laughs> no definitely if, broken if if something that if you don't see it it's just kind of like a blind <laughs> blind Mm. all right we're moving on i think you guys get the picture it's like or oh, if it's you gonna don't bother ad- me but. it's gonna bother me too but if you don't address it 
if you don't look for something, then you, you find can't it. find yeah. anything, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and you're not broken. That's not the right. That's not correct. You're right. Um, so, kind of taking that back, uh, we were talking about you and how he took you to the doctor, and um, basically, I was gaslit my whole life by doctors and by the ones I love, but obviously the ones I love, I think it was just more of a lack of, like, education on what it was specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from, you know, basically healthy parents and a healthy family, I think it was hard for them to accept, like, there's just a weird thing, you know, part of your uterus growing outside of your uterus, it's super random. So mm-hmm. I think they're just basically like, I don't think you have that. I mean, you're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basically my whole life, it was me trying to advocate I think this is what I have and Mm -hmm. uh, people not believing me. It was an uphill battle for sure. Um, I was was going to say, yeah, yeah, I mean, so then that must have felt really shitty. Uh, What, like, how did that feel? How did having to do that over and over again, how did that feel? And how did that tie into, if at all, your mental health? Because having to explain yourself over and over and over about something that's like causing you excruciating pain Sounds like hell. Yeah. Um, I think just, first of all, being in constant pain and chronic pain is what we call it, is already a lot on your mental health, um, especially when you don't know what's causing it and you don't know how to treat it. Um, and then having people tell you that it's not what it is, is frustrating in its own way because then you think you're crazy. And mm-hmm. I thought I was crazy. I had lots of doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, at point, Sometimes I would give up. Um, and I just thought to myself, I'm just going to have to live with this the rest of my life. Um, no one believes me anyway. Um, and I would try and have those therapeutic conversations where this is what I think I have and this is why I think I have it. Um But here's the thing. Jasmine, she's a lot better at talking about her feelings as far as... It takes her a lot to talk about them. But when she does, she can get out what she needs to say. Mm. Any type of conversation like that for me, I immediately start crying. It's just my response. (laughs) (laughs) Like, anytime I confront anything or even just talk about my feelings, I will cry. Um, That's just how I've always been. So, And it's hard for people to take you seriously when you're bawling your eyes out right right so especially for my dad because he's more like jasmine where he doesn't show as much emotion so he's like what is going on right now um so i tried a few times but i only got a few words in uh before i was bawling my eyes out and i would just give up um but finally i was like you know what if they're not gonna believe me i'm just gonna have to keep proving it um but it's hard when doctors are still telling you no And, you know, mom and dad are hearing that. They're like, see, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, Even at the ER that one time, my mom was like, okay, so how can we fix this? And he's literally like, oh, like, it just happens sometimes to people. It just happens? Yeah. Sometimes Some people people. just get it. You know, you just take a stronger ibuprofen on your periods. Bruh. I was like, okay, I need to see a specialist. So, um. I went to 
um, at the same hospital in OBGYN and told her all my symptoms. And she was like, you know what? You probably do have endometriosis. However, the this is the thing, you guys. The only way to diagnose it is through surgery, which is also very frustrating because mm. hospitals don't just like to open people up to check. They just like to treat it, hoping that this is what it is, without actually knowing, mm-hmm. which is also frustrating because they wanted to just treat me for endometriosis without 100% knowing if it was endometriosis and without taking it out. So... They wanted to put me on a drug that would put me on menopause for, like, mm. a few months. Mm-hmm. For, like, six months. Um, and I would get all the same symptoms as menopause. The heat flashes, the mood swings. Um, some people's hair falls out. Oh, shit. So, and I'm in nursing school, so I was like, I don't think I can do that right now. Yeah. Um, Guys, we're going to continue talking about this, uh, about Rashan's journey and uh, both with the healthcare system and her mental health. So we're going to pick up where we were just now next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Solely Human podcast. My name is Jasmine Naomi and I'm your host. Episodes release weekly on Fridays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All editing is done by Kevin Spire and original music is done by Nathan Salau.